What's going on everyone? Not a lot going on in the hockey world, so today we're going to be gearing more towards football and baseball and the happenings in those two uh, genres. Um, I guess we'll start off with uh, football since it's the most prevalent fun fact. From now until I think it's the second week of February, there will be a football game every weekend. Did you know that? What? So I guess between college and NFL, as a stat I saw, there's going to be a football game every single week or weekend until February between the NCAA and the NFL, so that's the comforting. At least we have something back, you know? Hockey is a while away still. I'm yeah, pretty sad. I don't see an issue with that. <laughs> um, I guess the big news in the NFL this week is uh, there's a lot of things. Do you see the Le'Veon Bell stuff? He apologized to his fantasy owners last, uh, for last oh, season. Oh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just judge things, you know? That's, that's, that's yes. certainly a New York Jets Speaking niche. Speaking of the Jets, uh, Adam Gase pulled his uh, let's pull this guy out of retirement sort of thing, and he just uh, got Ryan Khalil, the former uh, All-Pro and Pro Bowl center from the Carolina Panthers, who just retired. He pulled him out of retirement, and he's now coming to the Jets. You know, and I don't like to get into like specific players at this point in the offseason, but Ryan Khalil is a great, great player. I didn't think he was... I don't think he was done when he retired. Like, he's still had a lot left in him. Because, I mean, the whole reason why he retired in the first place was because uh, before this last season, the past two seasons, he was had, like, all these injury bugs that really uh, sapped his playing time a decent amount. So I think he wants to come back just so that he gets that playing time again. Well, I'm sure after having a what essentially a season off, right, or give or take, he's going to be sort of refreshed. I mean, look at the Jets. They've got a decent team going now. It's in Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. That line isn't terrible. So I think they've got something to build off of. Yeah, he definitely makes the offense a lot better. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, shaky with players coming out of retirement. I mean, being a Dolphins fan, I remember when Adam Gase, when he was star coach, and he got uh, Jay Cutler out of retirement. And it showed that he was in full retirement mode because he just was what do you uh, mean jay cutler is he was out he was not conditioned he was very uh, he was not good at no point during his career has jay cutler ever been described as conditioned uh i i disagree there he was uh he he was in uh decent shape i mean you're in, in the nfl you have to be conditioned you have to be in uh somewhat of a good shape Okay. Quarterbacks don't have to be as conditioned as, uh, you know, like, say, a corner or a running back. But you still have to be in shape. Listen, all I'm saying is I've watched Ben Roethlisberger for the better part of five years now basically skip off-season practice and just come in and throw footballs. But Ben Roethlisberger could still annihilate you in the gym. That is true. He is. He He can also annihilate me in the gym. Well, anybody could do that. Oh, uh, (laughs) All right. <laughs> uh, speaking of Gronks, do you think Gronkowski is going to come out of retirement? Referring back to the whole retirement, uh, anti-retirement thing. I think he might set out a year. You think? Yeah, because, again, he's a player who... Uh, extraordinary amount of back injuries, and those are pretty hard to come back from. Uh, kudos to J.J. Watt for uh, yeah. coming back from his. But once you uh, screw up your back, you're, you're kind of screwed. I mean, that's, like, hard. And considering, like, not only with those, but also with, uh, like, 
I think he did something to his shoulder and like his leg stuff. He's pretty much like he, his knees are banged up too. Yeah, I he's know. like a he's like a walking. Uh, Didn't they say he I has like know. the body of like an eighty year old right now, like something like that? Like mm, I don't know about that, but he is uh, banged up. He is, That's he is <laughs> very banged up. So I think if he does come back, he'll sit out a year, just a whole year off from football, just you know, just being grunk out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then. I think after that, he might try coming back. Now, one thing I saw this week, which was... It was music to the ears of football fans everywhere. John Gruden saying, I like this Nathan Peterman guy. That is... It warms my heart to see Nathan Peterman might be in a starting NFL quarterback again because it just think of no, what we get to no, see. No, no, not, not happening. Let me entertain not, you for a no, second. No, well... well him liking Nathan Pierman is old news because we already knew about those when he was looking at the quarterbacks in the 2017 question mark draft class. I think that was the one Pierman was in. Or was it 16? Uh, I think it was 17, but yeah. It, it was in one of those, and he was like, I like this Nathan Pierman kid. He could uh, he really sling any, the pill. He, he could do any play. And granted, he was great at Pitt. I mean. I mean, <laughs> what good Pitt quarterbacks do you know? Besides Dan Marino. The only good pit player in the last couple of years has been James Conner. I mean, even Tyler Boyd isn't panning out like I thought he would. So, okay, fair point, fair point. I just really like the idea that come week one, we can, we might. It's a possibility. We might see Nathan Peterman over Derek Carr. No, he's going to be third. He's going to be behind Connor Cook. We can dream. R- remember? Remember <laughs> Connor Cook? Remember him? Uh, yeah. I- I'm still hoping he could start one day. I really am. I, I liked him at Michigan State. He's the only good Michigan State quarterback I can think of. Wow, that's a shot at Michigan State. That's an unnecessary shot. <laughs> oh, I take shots at the Big Ten all the time. Um, here's the here's my favorite segment of the offseason is which Alabama player that was highly touted is going to be a bust this year? Who's the guy that went to the Redskins that got in trouble for like abuse or something? I mean, not oh. not, not a great person. I'm just I, that's my pick for being oh, a terrible player this uh, year. Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster. Yeah, yeah, linebacker. He was drafted by the 49ers. He, yep. He slipped really far into the draft. And then uh, not only did he get in trouble, he also got injured. Yes. That's a bad combination. <laughs> now, granted, he's a super talented player. And one thing to notice with the Redskins is that they have a lot of Alabama players on their roster right now. Uh, and, but, what was I saying about Reuben Foster? I don't remember. Something about <laughs> being super talented? I don't know. Yeah, you got on a tangent. Yeah, he's super talented. <laughs> but... There's also all this baggage already, and he hasn't really played that many NFL snaps either. Right. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, That's was, a red flag to me. The Redskins are a lot of red flags. I mean, you go back all the way to RG3. Mm, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if they have a lot of red flags right now. They have been doing really well in the draft. I mean, Who did they pick this year? They had a, Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins. Okay. I do like that pick for them because they do uh, – Alex Smith is their – Current quarterback, air quotes, current quarterback, well, well, right? right? Well, right now their current quarterback is, uh, uh, I, oh, I can't remember his I name. I don't know backups either, so. Uh, he, he, oh, Case Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum. <laughs> oh, what a story that is, too, huh? I, I remember when the Minnesota Vikings were freaking out over which quarterback should we keep, and Case Keenum was one of the options they were seriously considering. Minnesota is where you go if you're just below adequate. That's that's just Minnesota. Sorry, but that's what it is. 
They have one player on their roster that I would take on any single thing. No, okay. They have a couple good players. What? Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Uh, that Their entire defense, maybe? No, no, no. I don't know. Hear me out. They have one guy that on all 32 teams he could help, and that is Harrison Smith, okay? Everybody else, like, who do they have? Dalvin Cook's a running back. He's good, but is he a number one everywhere? No. Their quarterbacks suck. Their defense showed last year that they're not perfect, and that's a fact. And, okay, their wide receivers, they do have some good wide receivers, but they're just, they have speed guys. They don't really have that full-time end zone threat. They, they need uh, one of those field general quarterbacks that could just pick apart a defense and Unfortunately, Kirk Cousins isn't one of those quarterbacks. Is Kirk Cousins even a quarterback? He's, I've I've been a big Kirk Cousins instructor. I think he's a system quarterback. I, I I that's see that's what I think too. The Viking system I don't think is that good for him. Granted, everyone's like, oh, he put up thirty touchdowns in ten picks. I'm like, yeah. Uh, how many games did he win? True. Eight. I think they went eight and eight or something like that. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a. I think he's a starter. <laughs> But I don't think he's a guy that could get you to the playoffs. He reminds me of a like like a Ryan Tannehill kind of guy. He's very adequate. Again, I go back to my like, point. He's very adequate. Like he's not bad. Right. But he's not good. So he's just average. Uh-huh. But that's also kind of the worst quarterback because you don't know what you have in him. Right. And see, like I'd rather have a guy like because okay. like you're always gonna think, oh, he's gonna take that next step, and then all of a sudden it's seven years later, and he's the exact same player he was five years ago. Right. Take a guy like Nathan Peterman. Going back to that, he has no steps. His steps are flat. Okay. You know what Nathan Peterman is starting at that point is. You know what you have at him. You don't know what you have in Kirk Cousins. To be fair with Nathan Peterman, <laughs> we are not he, anti Nathan Peterman no, here either. By the way, he, like, <laughs> I feel bad for him. I really do. Because the Bills' offense is terrible. You have a, a washed, I want to say washed up, but he, he is like a somewhat washed up LaShawn McCoy behind a terrible offensive line and where your number one receiver is Zay Jones. Yeah, which I never understood the trade of Sammy Watkins. I did not understand cutting loose Tyra Taylor because Tyra Taylor kept them afloat at the very least. Yeah, he was a good game manager who was able to keep defenses honest with his legs. Dude, Bills Mafia is I live for it. Oh, when when the Bills made the playoffs, granted, I don't like the Bills, but I love their fan base. You have to root for they their fans. Went absolutely nuts. Like you had guys uh slamming each other on the tables. They were slamming tables on top of tables. Dude, the amount of tables, like I imagine you open up like a lazy boy. In Buffalo, how much money would you make in a calendar year just for football season? Oh, uh, you'd, you'd make a killing. You'd make a killing. And uh, another thing I remember Bill's Mafia is uh, it, it was like the Bengals beat the Ravens, right? Because it was uh, the Ravens and Bills for that wild card spot. That sounds right, yeah, sure. Okay, so after that happened, that guaranteed the Bills that second wild card. All of Bill's Mafia just sent so much money to uh, Andy Dalton's charity. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember that, yes. This is incredible. Like, like, say what you will about the Bills, but they truly have one of the best fan bases in the NFL. So, I, I guess, like, there's no real point in running through every single big happening because the NFL things change fast, right? Mm -hmm. So, let me just ask you the, the big question. What are your predictions for the Super Bowl? Who do you think is going to make it from both sides, you know? Uh... I, I was about to say the Houston Astros, and then I realized, wait, that is baseball. not a football team. <laughs> that, um, that is later. <laughs> um, 
Justin Verlander just out there throwing fourth down. Who would who would be better in a fourth down situation, Justin Verlander or Nathan Peterman? I feel like you have to really put some thought into that. Uh, I would say Nathan Peterman because I'm not sure if Verlander's ever thrown a football. Does it matter? Yes. Because could you? <laughs> yes, it, it does matter. Justin Verlander at some point in his Just life. Just because Justin Verlander is probably one of, no, not probably, he is one of the best uh, pitchers in baseball doesn't mean he would be a camp arm quarterback. Hear me out here. Justin Verlander, at some point in his life, whether it be early or now, has picked up a football. He's at least thrown a spiral once. Could he, on a one play, you get a one-off, could he throw a bomb touchdown? Pass Nathan Peterman. No. I think he could. I don't think he could. You know what? I'm going to put this on our official Twitter, and I want everybody who listens, the very small amount that we have right now, I want you to give us your feedback. Who would win a battle, Verlander or Peterman? Peterman. Because Peterman is actually, say what you will about him, he's in the NFL right now. He has years of starting experience at Pitt and also at whatever high school he played football at. I'm just saying. As well as NFL snaps, and not only the regular season, but the preseason as well. Okay, fair. Now, here's my argument for Verlander. Here's mine. Verlander has been an MLB pitcher for close to, if not 10 years. He has a very consistent, fast-throwing arm. He's got muscle memory, so he can definitely hit targets. I think his, his muscle memory would just carry him. And that's my take on it. I think you're... I don't think you're thinking big enough picture here. No, this is like... Uh, remember when, a couple years ago, when the 49ers signed uh, Jared Hain? The Australian the, guy, yeah. The rugby player. Yes. That went well, by the way. No, no. It didn't. <laughs> Spoiler, it didn't. Anyways, uh, the Jared Hain guy uh, is one of the best rugby players in the world. Supposedly. And the 49ers signed him to be a running back. And that went perfectly, right? It, it didn't work. This is the same argument. This is the same thing. It, it won't work, Birdo. I don't think it is. Because you're talking about a guy whose sport is majority, well, majorly based on getting the ball and not getting crushed. Which, okay, is similar to football. Which but is exactly what a running back does. No, no. A running back, you have to know in-seam, out-seam. You have to know slots. You have to know numbers. You have to know plays. Rugby, to my knowledge, there are no, like, there's no playbook. Rugby, you get the ball, and you try your best not to lose the ball. Football, your goal is to score. Your goal is to make make plays, get to yard markers. It's a lot more statistical. I'm not saying rugby is an easier sport. I'm just saying. Okay, so by that knowledge, for this uh, fourth down passing situation, Justin Verlander needs to know how to read a defense and call a play. False, and I'll tell you why. False. Hear me out. Patrick Mahomes, perfect example last season. The dude is not looking. He throws across his body. And he hits, let's be honest, a very 99% luck play. That's, okay, 1% skill, 90% luck that he hits that. Aaron Rodgers, like three years ago against Arizona, just sends a, what is it, 54-yard like, absolute missile. That's work on your receiver. You're not, you're forgetting the second part of this. It's a two-man thing. There's a receiver who is an NFL player who's going to be able to catch a ball from just about anybody, okay? They've got sticky gloves. Oh, is he? Let, okay. Let's, let's, let's. What about the many, many, many receivers in the NFL that routinely drop passes all the time? You're telling me if Nathan Peterman to... Who, who do you think is the best receiver? Julio Jones, Antonio Brown? 
I'm going to say Julio. If Nathan Peterman and Justin Verlander are both throwing a fourth yard or fourth down, full, full football game, fourth down play to Julio Jones, I think Julio is able to make a play. Depends on who's covering him, too. Take the best one. Take the best cornerback. Uh, who? Harrison Smith? I don't know. Maybe I like Darius Slay. Darius Slay is my guy. Okay, same. And I respect the fact that you said that because Darius Slay flies under the radar all the time, and it makes me very He mad. is. If he played on any other team, he would get the respect he deserves. Right, because he, it's the Lions, no one cares. I think Darius Slay, I've been pounding this drum for at least three years now, Darius Slay is the best cornerback in the NFL. And it's because he's got this great play reading. He's not, like, he's not insanely fast. He's not insanely strong. He's a good mix of everything, and it's his mind that helps him make those plays. That's why he's so good. Like, you think about Richard Sherman, he was just a freak. And I'm not, I'm not to take anything away from Richard Sherman, but he won a lot of those battles because of his physicality. He was fast and strong. Darius Slay wins battles because he's smart, and that's something i got to appreciate. So, back to our stupid battle. We'll, we'll put this on the, on the back burner for now. But, like I said, tweet out what you think. Are you Team Verlander or are you Team Nathan Peterman on who would make a one-and-done fourth down play to Julio Jones with... Darius Slay covering him in a must-win situation. I'll put it all up later. Moving forward (laughs) past that little segment, um, we had our friend of the show, Zach, on last year, and he's not here today. I'm sure we'll have him back on at some point. But I want to give a fantasy prediction. Who do you think is going to be the best fantasy player come the end of the season, in general speaking? Is it a PPR league? Well, let's just assume, not even counting that, just who do you think overall? Like, of course that weighs in, but just generally speaking, just take into account, if you're saying a receiver, just who's the best receiver you think is going to come out? Any, you think there's a wild card? Because I have a wild card. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. My, my pick, hear me out, is Cam Newton. I really think he's in for an, another MVP season. I don't love the Panthers. I don't think they have a very good receiving core. I think their offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. And I really, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a great threat there, but I don't think he's going to help Cam Newton as much as he helps himself. I think Cam Newton's in for an amazing season. And that's just my opinion, but I've seen a lot of people say that he's going to be a must-have pick in fantasy this year too. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know because the NFL is very unpredictable. It is. Like, even, like, the number one consensus pick for fantasy has been changing every year. This year, it's Saquon Barkley. Last year, it was, uh... It was Todd Gurley. Yeah, it was Todd Gurley. And the year before that was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, thanks. Don't remind me. (laughs) So, it's like, I I feel like there's just so much in flux that it's... Hard to really say, like who, who it's gonna be. Me personally, I would like to go for a player that's very uh, consistent. So I would have to say someone like, uh, I, I don't know, like maybe like like Julio Jones or something, or a safe pick. M- yeah. Maybe Zeke. If he gets if he gets on the field, I think Zeke could be up there. Let me let me ask you something. You said Saquon Barkley was the number one pick. I saw that too. 
I think that's a real testament to how good he is. Because you look at the Giants, do they impress you at all, like the offensive line or anything? No. I have no faith in the fact that Eli Manning is still their quarterback. No offense to Eli. He's a great player in his, in his past, but it's Eli Manning now. Or who's their quarterback that they got? Um, I can't think of his name. The rookie. Uh, he, he played at Duke. I yeah, know. I don't remember his name. but uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Regardless, um, while you're looking that up, I just think that's a really good testament to Saquon Barkley. Like Daniel Jones. Dan- Daniel, I knew it was Jones. I didn't it's know a it was very, very common. Basic, yes, very basic name. Yeah, a very NFL quarterback <laughs> name. Dan Smith, BYU. <laughs> well, there is an Alex Smith. There's also Dan Smith. Yeah, <laughs> think I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is another question. I've been trying to save. And we like to reference our friends of the show a lot here. So, Josh, I'm sorry. So, I have to ask. Is Aaron Rodgers hit his peak? Is he on the downturn of his career? Because I think there's an argument to be made for that. I, I don't think so. Because we see quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Tom Brady who are in their 40s and are playing the best football of their careers. Uh, the thing is with Aaron Rodgers is that Mike McCarthy, his play calling abilities have declined drastically, well, like almost their... exponentially ever since their Super Bowl win. He's not their coach anymore. I know. Okay, I was gonna I say know. yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, I see your side. Okay. Yeah. So he was really uh, handcuffed by that, and so Rodgers would audible a lot of the plays, but it's not smart to audible the entire game. I mean, it definitely gives way to his sort of wild card prototype, like that that people perceive him as. There's actually leading off of your thing. There was an article not too too long ago in the start of the year about the relationship with McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Did you see this? Yeah, it was. Uh, he was ticked off because McCarthy was on the 49ers coaching staff when they chose Alex Smith first overall instead of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers fell to like 23rd or something like that, and he more or less never forgot that. They said that he doesn't play with a chip on his shoulder, he plays with a mountain. And I, 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 you know what? After reading that article, nobody's come out and denied it. Like, and these are former players, like they had that, uh, his former tight end come out and talk. I forget what his name is. Is it not Delaney Walker? Somebody. They had several former players come out and talk about this and how this is verifiably true. I mean, you've seen Aaron Rodgers. He's got a very tumultuous personality. You know, the whole thing with his brother and his family. But just on the field, like, the one thing you can say about Tom Brady and Drew Brees is they've had injuries. They've never had a broken collarbone, to my knowledge, right? At least at the top of your head. Tom Brady had a... And Phil Rivers both have had uh, torn ACLs, I believe. And torn ACL prevents you from running, but... Oh, yeah, granted, they weren't able to run anyways. Right. Like, <laughs> Tom Brady, you can't slow down something that's not moving. Correct. <laughs> but you, to throw, you need your collarbone. Your clavicle bone, it never heals, to my knowledge. Like, it's the one or two bones in your body that do not fully heal. They, they repair themselves, but they don't re-strengthen. So you're always at risk of breaking it again, and it's always weaker now. Uh, if you can look that up, that'd be great, because I am not a doctor. <laughs> but to my knowledge, that's a very true statement, and he's broken his collarbone, and he's, what is he, 30-something now? That's not something you just easily recover from. Like, maybe when you're 20-something, you bounce back. When you're 30, you don't bounce back like that in the NFL. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up the Drew Brees injury, too, because uh, back when Nick Saban was the Dolphins coach, they had the option to choose between uh, Drew Brees or uh, I, I forget the other guy, but they didn't choose Drew, Drew Brees because he was just coming off an injury that they thought he would not be able to recover from. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find it. It's, uh, oh, uh, he tore the labrum in his throwing shoulder. Yeah, that's a pretty tough one, though. Yeah, that's a that that's a doozy. Yeah. But granted, I think it's obvious he came back from that. Drew Brees is just like... I think Drew Brees might be my favorite non-homer team quarterback. Like, I love Drew Brees. The guy is incredible. Uh, okay, uh... So, hold on, wait, hold on. Let me find a reputable uh, news source here. So, uh, okay. So, not not WebMD. <laughs> yeah. not, not a sponsor. I found kids' health. <laughs> Don't yeah, think we need... Yeah, I'm just going to uh, look at Mayo Clinic. Uh, this is from Mayo Clinic. Uh, the time for a broken carbone to fully heal depends on the severity of the injury. Uh, an adult, 6 to 16 weeks are more than often necessary for a car bone to heal solidly. Solidly, right. So, uh, I don't know. Regardless, we all know that bones, when they break, they do, you don't come back the same. I don't know if you've ever broken a bone. They don't come yeah, back the same. Bones don't, uh, they don't heal completely. The bone's not the same after that. Right, you always you're, have a minute fracture. It. Right, yeah. There'll always be a fracture. There'll be like a hairline fracture. And even some, no, it'll be smaller than a hairline fracture, but it'll right. still be there. Like, it's still... Uh, noticeable. It's not like a muscle where you can just fix it with grafts and stuff like that. Like I, again, I don't know if you could tell. We're not a medical podcast, but I mean, to my knowledge, like a muscle is easier to come back. If you tear your ACL, sure, that is a terrible uh, injury. That's a ligament, not a muscle. Hmm. What did I just say? <laughs> uh, ligaments are. I, I know a little bit of medical knowledge because of my sensei. Uh, He's a licensed massage therapist and physical therapist and all that. And it's like uh, ligaments are really hard to heal because you don't get as much blood flow to them as you do like your muscles. So it's like they take forever to rehab. That's why when you tear your ACL, it takes like a whole, like all of like, like if you're an athlete, it takes at least six oh, so close, months. Yeah. Or like you think about something. And, and if you're not an athlete, it takes over a year. Well, and like another one that's sort of not not to get out too far off topic, but another one for athletes that's really tough to come back from is your and tearing an Achilles. Um, if you think about Eric Carlson, he has never fully recovered from that Achilles injury, and he can't turn on his left foot now. And not only that, but the Sharks have been overplaying. I mean, the Sharks were overplaying him. Yeah. When he was getting his injuries in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, Which like I remember when uh, in their playoff series, like he got injured, he came off the ice. And then the next period, like, they put him back in, and he couldn't move. I'm like, what's he doing on the ice? He plays with a leather strap in his boot to, like, fix his heel, essentially. Uh, I don't know if it's his left or right. I said left foot earlier. It might be his right. Regardless, whatever foot he injured, he can't, like, turn on that side. He has to pivot. He can't fully turn it. Like, that's a problem. (laughs) All right, this might be an unpopular opinion if you're an athlete, but I think that if you get, like, an injury like that, I think you should just sit it out until you get it fully healed. Now, I know athletes always want to get back on the field, but if you re-aggravate that and re-injure that, you're screwed. Well, And you're just going to be off the field even longer. Here's the thing, though. You think about an athlete like, again, we're bouncing around sports, but Troy Tulowitzki, for example. This is a guy who was on track for Hall of Fame career, and injuries just derailed him. Every single time he came back from injury, he played three games as a Yankee. 
after coming back from a, and then he he's retired. Yeah, and wasn't that like a huge trade they did to get him in the first place? I mean, it was huge in the sense that the Yankees got Troy Tulowitzki, but it was a, it was basically just a free pickup. Like there was nothing they got. They didn't trade anything big for him. Who was but. the guy from the Phillies? I think who was really good, and then he got injured, and then he retired because he couldn't play again. I think it was the Phillies, the Red Sox, or something like that. I think you're thinking of the Mets, and that was uh, David Wright. No. No. Uh, there's Prince Fielder from the Red Sox. No. no Red Sox from the Twins. I, I don't know. He was felt like the heart and soul of the, the team. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Here, here, here comes Google again. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, I can't find him. Okay. Oh, well. Um, I mean, sort of coming back to the main point, though. The whole thing that started this conversation was Aaron Rodgers, do you think he's past his prime? So, no. I have an argument for why he is. I have an argument for why he isn't. It's that, and it's also because uh, the new head coach is Matt LaFleur, the former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Granted, the offense in Tennessee wasn't the best. That's partially because of Marcus Mariota. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's Mariota's fault. No, I'm just saying he's not. He's not everything he was supposed he to be. He caught a touchdown pass he threw to himself. <laughs> I I just don't think they have good receivers down there. That is also true. Like I said, I'm not blaming they're, it solely they're, on him. They're running backs a wrecking ball. Derrick Henry, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Marco Murray before him, literally true. the same exact running back. So that's your argument for no, correct? Cor- correct. A- anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I think Matt LaFleur will be really good for Aaron Rodgers, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bit of a resurgence this season. Granted, like, you got to remember that before all this, Aaron Rodgers would always throw, like, 30-something touchdowns and, like, five picks every season. We seem to forget, we seem to forget that his prime, well, his younger prime, was far ahead of everyone else's. I mean that that is true, and again, it's Aaron Rodgers, so it's not like you're talking about a average quarterback. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about probably the best quarterback of this generation, and that's even with Tom Brady. That's a fight for another day. But Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's. I'm not saying he's going to fall off. He's not going to drop to ten touchdowns. I think you maybe see a 2025 season. But I look at that receiving core. It's an aging receiving core. They just lost a big piece of their defense, so you're going to talk about time on the field, too. And it's a new head coach. It's going to take some time. I do think he'll be a better relationship with LaFleur, but I don't think it's going to be perfect. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a perfect relationship with any coach. That's my opinion. Did you pull up the receiving core? Yeah, I wanted to because I know that they have uh, two receivers that kind of fly under the radar. One of them's uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, yeah, Valdez-Scantling or whatever, and, yeah. And the other one is Equanimous St. Brown from back when he remember the guy from Notre Dame who was I originally am. projected to be like a second round pick. I have never even heard that in my life. Okay, well he is, in my opinion, I think he's a very good receiver and if he gets playing time in the, with the Packers as a starting receiver, I think that could solve a lot of their woes. Okay, but he, here's my thing. Every quarterback needs their guy. Roethlisberger has, he's had several guys. His guy was Antonio Brown. Tom Brady has Gronk, or had Gronk. Well, no, well, no he's had Edelman. Uh, okay, Edelman's Edel- his guy. Edelman. Edelman's Tom Brady has every guy. guy. Tom Brady gets who he wants. 
look, look at like um, Eli Manning had Victor Cruz for all those years. But who oh, does? Oh, that's a throwback. Who does Aaron Rodgers have? Like he had Randall Cobb. He, I don't know if they still. They don't. They just, and he had Jordy Nelson. They don't have Jordy Nelson anymore either. He's right. been through several tight ends. So now it's Devontae Adams. Which, Devontae Adams is one of my favorite receivers. I think he's a very underrated receiver, and he's already so good. Just think, there was a time when those three receivers were on the same team. I know, and... That's wild. Yeah. That is nuts. <laughs> it, again, I think the Packers' main problem is the fact that they can't ever get a running back to, like, do their job. <laughs> yeah, they had, uh... They had Eddie Lacy. Yeah. <laughs> what was left of Eddie Lacy? Uh, he, he used to be so good, too. Uh, he was a tank. He he used to be incredible. I miss that. They don't have a very. Their offensive line is very old. They have a couple guys like David uh, Bakhtiari is impressive Bakhtiari on their team. Bakhtiari is incredible. I and David Bulaga is pretty good too. Brian Bulaga, I didn't even know they had him. And I mean, again, and it comes down to defense too, because defense does affect offense. Like if your defense is getting pummeled every drive, you're going to be. Out of the field more often. If your defense learns how to hold, you're probably going to be getting some more Not breaks. Exactly, your offensive line is going to be on the field more often. Right, I mean, and it comes down for sacks. And I'm looking at their offensive line right now. I didn't know they had Billy Turner. Billy Turner used to be the starting right guard for the Miami Dolphins for a couple of seasons, and he was terrible. He could run block pretty well, but his pass protection was horrendous. This was at a time when the Dolphins led up were among the lead leaders in sacks allowed. Billy Turner was. Are a these big the Tannehill years? Hmm? Are these the Tannehill years? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, and the, and the Cutler years too. Well, the Cutler year, excuse me. I just I look at that team and they don't scare me. Like the Packers used to scare me. Aaron Rodgers used to scare me. Aaron Rodgers alone right now does not scare me because that's what it comes down to. He may have a couple guys up front that can block. He may have one outlet receiver. He doesn't have assets. He doesn't have weapons. Every quarterback should have one surefire weapon, and Devontae Adams is not going to get open enough every single play to warrant that. Devontae Adams may be a great receiver. He's not a top three. He's not a superstar. He's a star receiver. That's as far as it goes. I think they should have been in the market on Brandon Cooks. I think they should have been in the market on Sammy Watkins a couple of years ago. You talk about guys who could have made a difference in Aaron Rodgers' system. I don't know that they know what they're doing. I don't think they have a direction, because I, I think that GM doesn't know what the direction they're going in. That's my opinion. I mean, their GM, I think, is a little bit of a step up over the one they had previous who would never make any <laughs> uh, moves ever and was just draft, and that's all he would ever do. Sure. So at least with uh, this guy, at least he's trying. Fair enough. We'll see. I, again, it's like betting against Tom Brady. How do you do that? You don't bet against Aaron Rodgers, but I'm just saying I don't think he's going to be the Aaron Rodgers of old. So, sort of getting back to an earlier conversation, uh, not to just jut in, but what do you think for the Super Bowl predictions? Because I think this plays well into that. Again, it's... NFL's very fluid. Yeah. Uh, I think... I, I could easily pick the Patriots coming from the AFC. Uh, the NFC's a lot more unpredictable. That's very true. Because, like, uh, this year was the Rams... Uh, the year before that was the Eagles. The year before that was like... I, I was it the Falcons? Yeah, it was the Falcons. The year before that was the Panthers. The uh, year before that was Seahawks. <laughs> like, it, it's always someone different. And it's like some of those teams, like the Panthers and Seahawks, for instance, aren't really Super Bowl contenders anymore. Right. Uh, 
hell, even a couple of years ago, the Cardinals were in that position. They, well, <laughs> they weren't like they didn't make the Super Bowl. They lost to the Panthers, but I mean, they were like really good for a couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, looking Bruzarians. back, they were in the playoffs. I mean, now they're the Cardinals. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, NFC, I think. Um, I, I truly think it could be the Saints. So my prediction is probably going to be Patriots and Saints. Patriots and Saints? Okay. Um, I don't know. It's, for me, it's sort of hard to bet against the big dogs. But in the AFC, I really I, I have a hard time betting against the Patriots. But i got to go with the Jaguars. And in the NFC, I'm just going to throw a dart at the wall. Saints, I guess. Yeah, because Saints Jaguars. are like... Listen, I'm not a big believer in what they've got going on there, but they've got um, the former Giants coach as their something. I forgot. What it was. He's technically their GM, but no, yeah. he's, not, no, he's, he's like, like player no, no, personnel. No, he, no, he's above the GM. He's like the executive football uh, operations. So, yeah, of operations, something like that. Yeah, which I, I like the, what they've got going on. I'm not a huge believer in their who's their quarterback now. Nick Foles. I'm not a huge player in Nick Foles, but you've seen what Nick Foles can do in the playoffs. Yeah, but have you seen what Nick Foles does on in the regular season? Teams? Yeah, well, I mean, granted, uh, all right. So he played decent with the Eagles, and then like uh, the the one season with Chip Kelly, he was kind of nah, and then he went to the, uh, the Rams. Oh, Rams! No, he Rams. went to the Rams back when they had Jeff Fisher as their coach. Right. Jeff Fisher, um, at that point in his coaching career, was a quarterback killer. Yes. So, like, Nick Foles came there to be their starter, and playing that, he, he went, like, he had, like, nine touchdowns, 17 picks. It was really bad. You know what? I actually, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go with the Browns. Because Baker Mayfield no. exists. No. No. Yes. no. Odell. No, 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 no. No, stop, no, stop it right there. No. That, no, the hype, no, this hype train's getting No, 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 I'm riding it. I forgot that the Browns were even in the AFC. Oh, I'm going to write it, and here's why. Oh, Forget what I said about the Jaguars. Forget this it. This is literally... No, this is literally... You, you, have to, you have to look at history. This is literally the Eagles' dream team all over again. Baker's it's throwing not, 50. It's not going to work. Baker's throwing 50. You know what? I, and, like, I thought about the Chiefs, but I don't like the Chiefs. I like Pat Mahomes. I don't like the rest of that team. And I'll be honest with you, that's what it comes down to, aside from Kelsey. But for me, the Browns... They've got the pieces to do something. I don't know what that something is. That something could be 8-8, eight and eight, but they could do something. And I'm excited to see what they can do. I think they could sneak into a wild card. That's it. I don't see them getting much further. We'll see. They're a young team, very inexperienced. Uh, they don't have Joe Thomas anymore, so they don't really have that uh, veteran. Or if, if they do have that veteran, it's probably on the defensive side. Uh, Who's the running back? Why well, drawing a blank here? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, that's who it is. Uh, listen, I'm not saying they're great. I'm saying they've got some pieces, and all you really on need... On paper? No. On paper, they look like... If you had all the NFL rosters uh, on like this uh, big spreadsheet with all the names uh, blacked out, and you gave it to like a casual football fan, they would probably say, Oh, this team looks really good. <laughs> this team looks incredible. Who are they? Oh, they're the Browns. What? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, on paper, they look great. But, uh, again, I'm a Dolphins fan. A couple of years ago, the Dolphins looked great on paper. And uh, they went 8-8. Eight eight. Four straight. No, 
three straight seasons. At what point did the Dolphins look good on paper? They used to have, like, J.H.I., and that was basically all I cared uh, about. No, this was before J.H.I. This is when they had Lamar Miller, uh, Charles Clay on the defense. This is when Cameron Wake was still in his prime. Oh. They had uh, a bunch of really good defensive linemen. This was back when the Dolphins still had a top-10 defense. Was that when you guys had Star Lule? Whatever his name is, Star Latule? Uh, Sarlo Tutele was near the beginning of it. Oh, who's the other guy? Uh, oh, you know what? Ndamukong Su. Ndamukong Su came when the defense... The Dolphins have had some really good players, huh? I didn't think about this, but they have. Yeah, the Dolph th this was back when the Dolphins used to spend heavy in free agency, but they had a lot of pretty good players um, already, like, just from drafting. But uh, they went 8-8. So, let me ask you then. Part of that was because of Joe Philbin being a terrible coach. Which another, he is, yeah. Another part of it was uh, uh, the defense corner, uh, Kevin Coyle, really uh, dumbed down uh, the defense, which made them very easy to play against for any offense. So, let me ask you then. What's your homer prediction for this year? Like, who, what do you think the Dolphins are going to do? I would keep an eye out on Christian Wilkins their first round pick from Clemson. He was a guy that I had circled on my uh, little draft uh, doohickey. <laughs> I, I, th I think he's incredible, even though he is undersized. I think he, he'll make a lot of noise this season. He's, I mean, he's essentially replacing Dominican Sue. And I don't think he's as good as Dominican Sue yet. I do think he is still, he has the potential to be a very elite uh, defensive tackle that can also play on the outside. So okay. I would keep an eye out on him. I'd also keep an eye out on Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, there's rumors that they're like he's playing every secondary position on the Dolphins, including linebacker. So while I would like for them to just put him at safety, which is where he should be in my opinion, uh, he's probably going to be at corner. He's probably going to be at linebacker. And he was already doing all this position switching last year, which is very hard for a rookie to do, and he played pretty good. So I think this year uh, we're going to see Mick Fitzpatrick as a pro bowler. Okay. Now, uh, that, that's it, really. The offense is kind of garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's a good way to start. Uh, I mean, the training camp battle so far, uh, it's pretty much a boy going against a man, and that's pretty much what uh, I've been getting out of a lot of the beat writers for the Dolphins because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been killing it. That's uh, not a sentence you hear every day, but he has been destroying it in the quarterback battle while Josh Rosen's been not bad. But what I just learned about Josh Rosen is that despite him being the quote-unquote most quarterback-ready prospect uh, in the draft that had Sam Darnold and uh, Josh Allen and all of them, uh, he never knew how to make uh, middle linebacker reads. Yikes. That's not what you want to hear. That's... Terrible. And again, um, this was typically. the most pro-ready quarterback coming out of UCLA and uh, playing with the Cardinals with uh, Steve Wilkes and them. Uh, probably one of the worst coaching staffs I've ever seen. Yeah, they're not, they it, weren't it's, great. It's no reason why he did extremely poorly there. Right. So it's, it's really him learning how to uh, function in an NFL offense. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, we're definitely going to see him playing near the middle of the season. But I don't know if he's going to be good because I truly think the Dolphins are just tanking to get Tua. 
That is, yeah, tank for two. So, like, do you think they're going to be good, bad, or mediocre? Terrible. I okay. Think, I think they're going to go two and fourteen. Okay. Well, you hate to hear it. But uh, one of those wins is going to be against the Patriots. I would because, love that. Because no, no, the Dolphins do this every year. They always beat the Patriots in Miami. Always. Remember the Miami Miracle? Uh huh. That, that that's that's only the Dolphins. I think that's the only do, thing we could do. I think it has to do with the Patriots playing out of their comfort zone in the weather. Like it's like hundred degrees down there. The Dolphins could play in that. Patriots can. Yeah, but this was in like November. It wasn't that hot down there? Now, if I'm gonna give my homer pick for the Steelers, I think we're gonna be average. I think we'll still sneak in the playoffs. I emphasis on sneak in. My players to watch. I like PJ Locke. He's our safety. He played for AM. I think he's going to have a bigger role this year. I don't know how big of a role, but I think he'll be somebody to watch out for. Uh, Devin Bush should be immediately first team. And honestly, uh, I, I really like what they did to get Devin Bush. Devin Bush to me is like he's not the he's not the exciting pick. He's a good pick. I think there's some names on the boards that have more boom potential. But he is going to be a very solid lockdown guy. Like, I think about a couple years ago when we took Bud Dupree. He was the, the big fancy name. Like, everybody wanted Bud Dupree. He's been awful. Garbage. The, the only thing I remember about Bud Dupree was him literally murdering Matt Moore in that Dolphin uh, <laughs> Steelers playoff game. Yeah. Like, that's all he does. All he does is hit. He, like, listen, he's a battering ram, but that's it. He's, he doesn't break tackles. He can't rush. That's... So I think Devin Bush will be good, and I really and this is probably a very easy pick, but T.J. Watt is just an animal. Like I think he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, I always hear a lot of people say, "Oh, T.J. Watt, he's he's not as good as J.J." Now I'm like, "Of course he's not as good as J.J." Nobody's as good as but J.J. But he's still pretty damn good. Yeah, I think T.J. Watt has the potential to be like. This is kind of just like a rough aspect, like like Luke Keekley, like somebody who can control the field. Oh, you yeah. talk about a commander. He is everywhere. He's in your head. I love it. Yeah, he's he's absolutely incredible. We haven't had somebody this athletic or this strong since Troy Polamalu, which, you know, that's a different story. But that's my prediction. I, I don't know if we're going to be a good team. I think we'll be just good. We'll be, we'll be just above average, and that's fine by me. All right, so here's the part where I say I'm a Florida Gators homer. Okay. How do you think Joe Hayden's going to do? Like, has he been good with the Steelers? He's I remember, been... I remember with the Browns, he was incredible. He's been average. I like what Joe Hayden does sometimes. I think he's good at reading plays. I don't think he's good at making those plays. Like, he's got a great mind. His body just can't catch up to it. But... I mean, I, that does make sense. He was coming off a few injuries with the Browns. We're playing in the AFC where the talent isn't that great. Like, I'm not scared of Andy Dalton. Uh, Lamar Jackson scares me a little bit. But, again, he's a little inaccurate. Uh, Lamar Jackson, literally all the Ravens need are receivers, and they've needed receivers for the past few years, but they never draft receivers. <laughs> they never draft receivers. I can't even name you their top receiver. I have no idea. Hmm, that's a tough one, actually. Yeah, I can't either. The last one, oh, God. Yeah, you're right. I literally can't think of the last like, good receiver. I think it's, like, I don't know, like, that, that one guy from the Colts. Nah. Uh, uh, like, sh- I don't, I, I don't even know. Yeah I, I, yeah, I have no idea. I'll look it up. But your point is, is valid. Like, the Ravens, they they don't scare me whatsoever. Like, Lamar Jackson, obviously, like I said, is very good. He's a very good all-around quarterback. Their best receiver, according to this, is, like, Willie Sneed or Michael Floyd. Like Michael Are you Floyd. kidding me? Michael Floyd was good. Michael Floyd, yeah, he used to be good. Willie Sneed was good 10 yeah. years ago. True. Um... <laughs> Outside of them, 
the only team that I think we play that scares I think we play the Texans. The Texans scare me. Not because of, uh, who's their quarterback? Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Deshaun Watson's really that good, I'll be honest with you. Stop it. Stop He's a good it. quarterback. No, stop it. He's not a superstar. Oh, stop it. He could. He, but he, like, he absolutely could be. But like, Will Fuller scares me. JJ Watt scares everybody. <laughs> like, that's uh, terrifying. Do they, do they still have. Uh... Clowney? Well, no, not Clowney. Uh, uh, Merciless? Whitney Merciless? I don't know. That's that's <gasps> probably one of the most terrifying names in the NFL. Whitney Merciless. <laughs> Dude, the all NFL killer line. Whitney Merciless, Darius Slay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, too, uh, a little off topic. Uh, there's been a lot of Lions hate, and us today, too. We kind of hate the Lions. They're not going to be good, but, man, like, Matt Stafford gives you a chance. Darius Slay gives you a chance. They're not terrible. They have – it's like they always have, like, one or two, like, really good players. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, their coach. Their coach is. Um, hold on, I got. I got this. It's Matt Patricia. Got yeah. it. He's the Patriots' former guy uh, coordinator. He. I like. I like Matt Patricia. He draws on tables. I don't know if you know. He draws on tables. I love that. He always has a pencil in his ear. He does. I, I remember one time during an NFL game, he pulled out his pencil to write on his uh, play sheet. The play sheet was laminated. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Matt, what are you doing? I love. <laughs> Matt Patricia's on a podcast I listened to recently, <laughs> and Matt Patricia's just hilarious. I think he's one of the most likable coaches in the NFL. Yeah, because he, he uh, one of the big talking points about him is that he has like a degree in like astrophysics yes. or something like that. So, something like that, yeah. He strikes me as the type of guy like who, if you didn't know him on day one, like you could confuse him for a fan. Like he just looks, he's got a big beard, like he's not particularly in shape. I, 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 I rem- love it. I remember when he first uh, got hired by the Lions and like that first press conference, like he had his beard like all trimmed up. Yeah, remember that? Uh, yeah, that didn't last. He said like, on like, like he did that and he shaved his head and then it's like, yeah, no, going back to the old look. He was on, I don't know if you listen to the Pat McAfee show. He was on the Pat McAfee show a couple weeks ago. And he talks about right in about the start of the training camp, he'll shave it and then he'll let it go out again. That's his thing, so I don't notice it ever being shaved. He might just be lying, but I, I love it. I think the Lions will be all right. I don't think they're going to be great, like, but... I, I, I feel bad for them. I really do. Detroit's... They're not hard-pressed, though. Like, they've got the Red Wings. They've got the... the what, 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 <laughs> what, what's exciting about the Red Wings besides Dylan Larkin and Andreas Athanasiu? Zadina, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Mort Sider. Okay, does that make them a playoff team? No. No, but that makes them... That, that, that makes them able to achieve mediocrity. Well... Which means they'll be stuck at mediocrity for They a have while. the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers, the guys who just traded their best player, Castellanos, for... Nothing. For nothing? Like, they, hello? Listen, they've got the number two prospect in baseball. They've got Casey Mize. Yeah, but it doesn't matter your ranking if you don't deliver. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't hate the Tigers. I don't hate Ron Gardenhire. But getting back to the uh, the Lions, yeah, the Lions are a little bit not great. They've got nice jerseys. That's something. You know, Calvin Johnson could still be playing right now. He could be. That breaks my heart. Megatron, he, dude. He was my favorite receiver to watch. It's really a shame. They haven't had a good running back in a while either, have like, they? Like, the closest receiver to him is Mike Evans. And he's not even the same. I don't like Mike Evans. <sighs> you, I, love Mike I think Evans. he's good. I just like, don't like, like Mike Evans. The thing I love about Calvin Johnson and Mike Evans is that they could run 
almost as fast as like those burner receivers, except they're six foot five, six foot six. And they can like, actually catch the ball. Dudes who could run really freaking fast True. and also run good routes. They're literally the perfect receiver. True. Now we have given our Super Bowl prediction today, but we haven't given our Super Bowl of losers prediction. Who do you think is going to be the worst team in the NFL? Dolphins. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. And you said two and fourteen. Mm-hmm. If they win, I'm being I'm being really serious when I say this. If they win more than two games, I will be extremely surprised because there's no way. Not with not with this schedule they have. There's no way. I could see the Dolphins. I'm going to be a little different and just go out and say a different team just to sort of give some opinion here. Right. I don't like the Raiders. I don't like Gruden. I think Gruden's a terrible coach. Yeah. I think he used to have I, something. It's it's hilarious how it's been like a decade of teams trying to pry him out of the broadcast booth. For they what? finally get him out of the broadcast booth, and he's terrible. Like, first of he all. He calls an offense. That's obviously still rooted in 1995. I like, <laughs> like who do they like? Antonio Brown, great receiver. He's not gonna click with Derek Carr. He's not gonna click with. I my dream is to see Antonio Brown catch a pass with Nathan Peterman. That's your penance, buddy. Right, the, That's what you deserve. All right. So I remember we were talking about uh, like Gronk's back. That's the same thing that's going on with Derek Carr. Because he sure. got, he screwed up his back. Fair enough. I also back, like back when they were about to make the playoffs. People were looking at the Raiders as being, like, the next really good team. And, like, who's the running back? I might be missing something here. Uh, not Marshawn Lynch anymore. Uh, right. Um, exactly. I don't know I, I that don't, they have somebody know. that's a game changer. I'm sure they have somebody. Is it Ingram? No, Ingram went with the Ravens. It's not Ingram. Ravens. I don't know who they have. They Their defense doesn't really scare me. They traded away their best defense. You don't... If you trade Khalil Mack, if that's your opening move as a coach is to trade Khalil Mack, you're dumb. Like, he's come in there. They have Who else do they have besides Antonio Brown? Do they have Crabtree? I don't know if Michael Crabtree still plays. No, Crabtree, he went to the Ravens. and then, Did he? Yeah. And then he went to... The Saints? I think it was the Saints. We do got a lot of Googling today, but that's okay. Uh, he's... Where is he? Where in the world is Michael Crabtree? Why, why is he a free agent? I feel like something could benefit why? from that. You know he's what I mean? He's 31. Yeah, something could benefit from him. He's, he's got enough. The Dolphins uh, could benefit. Uh, the Ravens could benefit the from Ravens. him. The Ravens? And they used to have him. Why yeah. did they get rid of him? You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, but I, the, I, I love it what they did with their uh, first pick. In the draft, Clullen Farrell. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Our he is not even. He wasn't even the best player on that line in Clemson. He's not. Yeah. He. Our fantasy football league is called the Clullen Farrell Fan Club for a reason. I love that. My favorite thing is the Raiders fan who's like waiting for the pick, waiting for the pick. They announce Clullen Farrell, and he's like. Who? Yeah! <laughs> he was just so happy to be there, but he had no idea. Like, that's the Raiders. They, they're so happy to be there. They just don't know. <laughs> I, I feel terrible for the Raiders because it really looked like they were about to get out of being a dumpster. And <laughs> they, I guess they just decided to jump back in. Yeah. it's You really... You, you know what? You like to see it. You like to see it. I like to see John Gruden be unhappy. I, I think it's even better that they're on hard knocks. That's even better. 
Um, I there's it's the point in the NFL season where there's so much to talk about and yet so little. Like there's so many things that are still happening. So I'm gonna try to sort of segue us off of there because there's not much really. Will be a trade deadline. We'll get to that. I did want to get to a little bit of hockey today. The biggest news in recent couple weeks was yesterday Kevin Shattenkirk got bought out by the Rangers. Here's a little stat for you. Wait, what? Here's a, hold on, we'll get, so the, the, here's a little stat for you about Kevin Shattenkirk. The past two teams he's played for have won the Stanley Cup. He played for the Blues, got traded to the Capitals. Then he got traded to the Rangers, right? That, that's the timeline. Caps won the Cup, Blues won the Cup. Now he's on the Rangers, gets bought out. They just straight up buy him out of his contract. Kevin Shattenkirk was injured most of the season, to my knowledge. He's not... I've been saying this. Everybody was saying this when they signed him. He's not that good anymore. Kevin Shattenkirk was a very big beneficiary of playing on the Blues with Petrangelo, prime Jay Bolmeister, and Colton Pareko. And then he got to play with the monster that was the Capitals' blue line. Now, he is the best guy on our building team. With who? With who? Who is he playing with? Brady, uh, Brady Shea is great, sure. Neil Pionk was good until they traded him, but he's not hes not the guy anymore. Jacob Trouba is. Mark Stahl. Does Mark Stahl exist? Like, is Mark Stahl a person? <laughs> it's been so long since I've even heard Mark Stahl. Like, at this point, Jarrett Stahl has a better pl- chance of playing an NHL game again before Mark Stahl. Wait, did Jarrett Stahl ever make it yet? He played, like, one game or two games with Carolina a couple seasons ago, yeah. When he was at Jordan and Eric. Oof. Yeah. I guess you could say they're stalling him out. Yeah, that, that was uh, my That's fantasy good. name for a while. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the Rangers. I don't like Kevin Shattenkirk's contract, and I think it's good that they bought him out. They're smart. What, why keep dead money? They've got Jake Truba. That was a steal, by the way. Jacob Truba for Neil Pionk. Hello? <laughs> like... Uh, that's the last big bit of news we've had, unfortunately. Uh, did you see our Timmy Panarin? Oh, oh, um, oh, oh! I got, I got news. Uh, sure. Vasilevsky got oh, signed an extension. And let me tell you something. I hate this deal. I I want to hear your opinion, but I don't like the term because you don't sign goalies to term. You don't sign goalies to that much money. Uh, the deal doesn't kick until next year. And I like it. You still gotta resign Braden Point. Like, I'm sorry for the audio listeners. You have to re-sign Braden Point. What are you doing? What am is you doing? Go ahead. V- Vassy's still a baby. He's 25. <laughs> so he'll be 32 when this deal's done. Yeah. You know how old... Uh... <laughs> God damn it. Here we go again. Uh, this guy. Uh, uh, the, the Panthers goalie. <laughs> I'm going to let you struggle. <laughs> I can't remember. McElhaney, Morazic, Ward. Bobrovsky's going to be... You said Panthers. I thought you meant Carolina Panthers. No, no. no. Sergey Bobrovsky, (laughs) he's going to be like 38 when his deal ends. This guy's going to be 32 when his deal ends. I think think that's pretty good. You're not going to have to worry about him having dead money. Okay. Vassie's been putting up the stats. Um, he was viewed as this goalie prodigy, and he's been living up to that. Now, granted, he's playing on a team that bails him out a lot if he needs to, but he's still been playing good. I don't see how it's going to stop anytime soon. Okay. I think the term's fine. I think the deal's fine. If if he starts playing bad when he gets to 30, that's okay. We could trade him. We did that with Bishop. 
Uh, no, you can't. You can't. Even if the cap goes up, we're assuming in seven years' time, the cap's going to be right around $86 million. That's the projection, about a $4 million increase, okay? That's on the conservative end of things. You're, who's going to take on his contract? Who's going to be willing to take on a $10 million goal, even for two years? You saw how much it was a struggle to get, like, the Leafs didn't want to take on Tyson Berry uh, with his full deal. With one year left, and he's in his prime. You could be surprised what a team needing a goalie will do to get a goalie. I mean, we saw Cam Ward play we've hockey games. Seen, <laughs> we've seen incredibly dumb trades happen. Fair. I mean... We have seen dumber things happen. Now, sort of... Well, we're still talking about goalies. There's a goalie who's probably going to be done soon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let's play a little game. He plays in the Central Division. Corey Crawford. There you go. Unfortunately... I don't know if Corey Crawford's ever going to play hockey again. He's still dealing with vertigo. He's had concussions a lot. He's on the bad side of 30. They just signed Robin Lehner to a one-year deal, two-year deal, something like that. I still can't believe they got Lehner. That's a show-me deal. That's a show-us-you-can-be-our-goalie because Corey Crawford's probably not going to play many games this year, if any. I don't love the fact that that defense is old in front of him, and he... I feel hi, bad. Hi, let's trade a lot. I can't remember his name. It's like a foreign name. Trade him to the Sabres. Yokaru? Yeah. Yeah. Can't believe they traded him. I know. He was going to be like one of their future really good defensemen. Yeah, listen, we talked about Come this. I, and I know prospect's a prospect. You don't know what they are. Wait, but <laughs> he was playing good when he was up Yeah. There. Apparently he had a falling out with Jeremy Colton. Big whoop. Is Jeremy Colton going to be your coach when they're a contender again? Probably not. Who? Their coach, Jeremy Colton. Who? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, exactly. I don't know that he's going to be their coach in a couple years. I, when I, they're I think they're dumb for letting... Uh, oh, God, I almost said Tortorella. I, I, I think they're dumb for letting Quenville go. And here's... Okay, going back to the whole Tampa thing. Sure, you guys signed Vasilevsky, right? You don't... The, the Panthers signed Vasilevsky. They didn't have to sign Braden Point. They didn't have to sign anybody like that. You guys do. I, I'd argue right now that, yeah, Vasilevsky's more important than Brandon Point. You can win without Brandon Point. You can't win without Vasilevsky. But if you let Brandon Point go for nothing, which is what he's going to end up going for. Uh, uh, he's not going to go for nothing. I understand the whole Ryan Callahan trade that got you some money, but still, he's. we'll see. It's a big we'll see. If, if there's anyone who's going to get moved, if anyone has to get moved for this, it's going to be either Killorn or Johnson. How do you move Killorn's contract? That's a terrible contract. Who's going to pay? Oh. You, you can leave him open for the expansion draft. They're, okay. Getting a little off, off topic to teams that can pay for that, Ottawa. Because they just got Ryan Callahan for... Oh, I, I got this. Hold on. Mike Condon. That was just who the Lightning picked up. Which is a good... Why are the Lightning picking up all these goalies? They needed to get rid of Callahan. But they have like five goalies. Eh, you deal with it. Here's, here's my thing. Have you heard the Ottawa thing about um, why they let go, let go of Cordy CC? Uh-oh. So, I want to preface this with, this is not fully substantiated, but it's from a very close source, so keep this in mind. A uh, close source, quote-unquote. So, take this with a grain of salt, but I'm saying the reporter who said this has some validity. The reason that they, that they let Cody CC go, allegedly, was that Eugene Melnick saw the cost at the end of the season for what they were paying for. 
saw that their biggest hit was coming from the nutrition department. Cody CC is like all green, all vegan, something like that. I think he eats gluten-free. He would not eat the team meals, so they had to get special, like basically the, the healthy vegan whatever meals for him. He didn't want to pay that anymore because it was costing too much money. So he just got rid of them. I, I listen. I don't, I, guess, I don't know if it's true. It's it's very Eugene Mel. It's very that, on par. That for, sounds silly, but Eugene Melnick's an idiot. It's so very on brand. It's very on brand for Eugene Melnick. Um, was there any other news? I mean, Calgary's getting a new arena. I saw that. I don't know if you saw that, but the Saddle Dome's finally getting put to bed. They're gonna get a new arena. Um, there was a big trade with Gusev. Did you see that to the Devils? Yeah. Uh, could Ray Shiro get GM of the year already? Absolutely. I mean, the Devils I mean, are a come wagon. On. They're a wagon. They're literally like, holy shit. Like, excuse my language. Like, my goodness. That's just like. That's incredible. They're, that's going to be such a good team. team. And it's like, they're getting all these young players, too. Yeah, Goose really like good. 23. Yeah, that's PK Subban still in his prime, and like, he's been he's been uh, killing it in the KHL. You know, yeah, you know the last two people to come from the KHL that uh, uh, that kid who's with the Panthers right now, and uh, Dadanov, yeah, and uh, R- Radulov, the well, Stars. Kovalchuk would have been the most recent because he just came over. <laughs> he he doesn't count. But Gusev on his KHL team, we talked about this. He had more points than I think it was Datsuk. He had the most. He had like eighty points in sixty games, which is hard to do. The KHL's a hard league to play in. Can't mind, this guy was a seventh-round pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we didn't keep him. <laughs> yeah, Vegas, I don't know what... So, Vegas, again... Well, okay, the whole reason why we lost Gusev is that we gave him and... Uh, we gave him to Vegas and, like, a pick. I think it was, like, a second-round pick for Vegas to pick Jason Garrison. Right, to protect the rest of your player, right. Because I think you had to And no one knows where Jason Garrison is now. <laughs> boom, boom, Garrison. I think he plays for Vancouver. I think. Mm. Yeah, um, they, they need the blue line. I look at the I look at the team with the Devils, and they're just a wagon. Like they're so good, they're gonna be tough to play against. You look at the defense; they've got a good defense. Their goaltending is suspect. Okay, let me stop you right there. So it wasn't that long ago when Corey Schneider was really good. Okay, fair enough. Now let me let me riddle you something. Okay, also, he was also coming back from injury last season. Let me, let me I don't remember something. what injury it was, but it was an injury. Oh, I'm going to tell you. So, let's play a game. You know how a car works, right? You need wheels and an engine to function a car, correct? Yeah. What happens if your wheels don't work anymore? You get new ones. What if you can't get new ones? Then... The car doesn't move. Corey Schneider has a very severe hip injury. He can't really play. Like His hips are done. Like, it's not a hip, it's both hips. It's his core. He literally has a core hip injury. He tried to come back. He went winless for two and a half months. He did not have a win from January to I March. Know. I know it was two and a half months. You know why I know that? Because he's on your fantasy team. Because I kept him stashed on my fantasy team waiting for the breakout that never happened. I'm not a big believer, and I, th- I think it's Mackenzie Blackwood. I think that's their goalie. Mackenzie Blackwood, that sounds oh, yeah. right. I don't think it matters. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it matters. I mean, what's his name has gone on streaks before? Who? The other goalie. You do realize that Keith Kincaid is not there anymore. Oh, yeah, he's with Columbus now. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because he's not with them anymore. So they have... They don't really have anybody in the minors. They have Cal Heater, who used to play for the Flyers. Now, see, this is a team... 
who could do a really, really stupid trade to get a goalie. They could. Who do you think they're going to get, though? I don't know. Maybe they could try getting someone like Cam Ward. I don't know. I think... I, I could see them getting someone cheap, or I could see them going for a prospect like uh, Montembault from the Panthers. Yeah, but he's not like a big name. If you're going to go for a prospect... He's not a big name. He was a guy you were telling me to keep my eye out on in the draft. Again, he's a serviceable goalie. I, Sammy Montembault is one of my favorite prospects, and I think he's going to be a NHL backup. I don't think he's going to be an elite player. So, I just like him. Cause so what they could do is have... Uh, a rotation, but instead of it being like a starter 1A, 1B, you can have backup 1, backup 2, backup 3, and have that function as your starter. You can have a pitcher rotation. The Devils. <laughs> yes. You've heard of openers in baseball. Now it's a pitcher rotation in hockey. <laughs> uh, I, I like to see them like, okay, it's like Dallas, right? They have Ben Bishop. They have, hold on, I know this. Who's their goalie? Lettinen. Boston. What? Oh, yeah. no. Hodobin. Right. Yeah. So they have Hodobin and Bishop. They're fine. They have Jake Ottinger. Why doesn't the Devils make a trade? Why don't the Devils go make a trade with Ben Bishop? Oh my God, that I was, would be crazy. I was gonna say for them to get Ottinger, but Ben Bishop works too. Well, well, I can see them moving Bishop because Ottinger is probably gonna end up being their starter in a couple of years. True. And uh, what's his name again? The but their backup. Kudobin. Kudobin. Yeah. He's a good backup, and they yeah. can keep him for cheap. Well, and then just move on to the starting role. Or you look at a team like the Canucks. They have, I think they have Nielsen. I don't know if Nielsen's still there. He might not be. But they, they used to have Nielsen. They have uh, Markstrom and Demko. I think Nielsen's with the Ottawa now. He might be. Um, I look at a team like the Devils, and they're, I'm going to predict a trade. I'm not usually good at these, but and, and trust me, this is going to sound bold, but I just read this the other day. They next year, the with the next two years, the Capitals are going to be losing three of their star players. Ovechkin's deal is up, Backstrom's deal is up, Holpe's deal is up. They don't have the money to resign all three. They have the money to sign two of them. You resign Ovi, you resign Backstrom. Either you trade Holpe, maybe the Devils. I don't know what they give up, but you either trade Holpe to somebody and get that cap back, or you trade your backup if you believe in Holpe. If you're going to go full on and try to play out the rest of Ovi's career. Then fine, you let Hopi stay, and you trade Ilya, whatever his name is, the go the Russian goalie, Sorokin. Isn't it? Don't they have a Samsonov or whatever? They might have Samsonov. I always get Sorokin and Samsonov mixed up. Sorokin might be the Islanders goalie. Yeah. So you look at that. That's a possibility. Another possibility is a stopgap. Look at the Leafs. They just signed Michael Neuvirth as a backup. He's a serviceable guy. I'm sure that you can get like Linus Olmark, maybe they, Jack Campbell. They, they, they could probably grab. Uh Someone from the Islanders, like they have a bunch of goalies. I even look at the Penguins. I think, I mean, inner inner team trades aren't great, but you think about Ray Shiro, who drafted Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari needs a place to play. I think Tristan Jari could possibly be a low end starter. I do too. I believe that Tristan Jari could be a starter every day. I don't think he's going to be an elite goalie, but he could absolutely be somebody like Peter Mrazek, Jimmy Howard, somebody, Jimmy Howard now, because Jimmy Howard was an elite guy in his prime. But I think you get a guy like Tristan Jari, Ray Shiro knows him. John Hines coached him. Elaine Nazardine coached him. The Devils staff is basically the Penguins staff. He he played behind a good defense. The Penguins are not moving to Smith or Matt Murray, obviously. G give up Tristan Jari. You've got a, a guy yeah, that you know. Tristan Jari used to be ahead of the Smith on the depth chart. He was ahead of Matt Murray, too. But, unfortunately, Tristan Jari sort of 
stagnated. He wasn't quite as good as everybody thought he was going to be. He had the benefit of playing behind a good Oil Kings team in Edmonton. And, you know, it's not, he's not a bad prospect. He's a little... He, he reminds me of Garrett Sparks in the way that Garrett Sparks is floppy. He flops around a lot. But he gets the job done. I absolutely can see him panning out in the Devils organization. He's not going to be with the Penguins. And if you know what... There's nothing that makes more sense to me than a former coaching staff taking a chance at a player that they believed in enough to draft. Ratio drafted this guy. Why not? I, how much would you have to pay for Tristan Jari? A second-round pick, maybe a pro, maybe a low-end prospect. I don't even think it would be that much. You know, and you can attach the Devils have cap space. You can attach Jack Johnson if you're the Penguins and get nothing in return, but you can attach a contract, make it work for both ends. Ratio is a smart guy. He's already shown that he's not afraid to do what it takes to make his team a contender. Why not? I don't know if there's any other hockey news. I'll be honest with you. So Yeah, there really isn't. All that's left is baseball. So the baseball deadline just came up. There was a good amount of trades. Um, I like to vet my frustration with the New York Yankees, if I may. Yeah, you guys didn't do anything. So I made a joke the other day to our friend of the and show. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but uh, pitching is bad. Okay, so I made a joke the other day as I was into our, our friend of the show, Josh, that the Yankees and Red Sox did nothing to help themselves. The Red Sox don't have a closer. The Yankees don't have a starter. I said it's going to be the Yankees and Red Sox in the final series in the East, and the Yankees aren't going to get out of the first inning, and the Red Sox won't be able to close up the game. Neither team did anything to address their needs. Red Sox are killer Craig Kimbrell, don't get a closer back. But the Yankees... Our starting rotation is trash. Master Tanaka is not reliable. James Paxton has been... <laughs> Tell that to Walter. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know. J- J- listen, James Paxton is a good pitcher, but he's been... Eh. You don't let Jay Happ play a game in the playoffs. What about uh, that Germain guy? Domingo Herman? I like Herman, but we'll see. Louis Severino is probably going to come back in late September, so you might have Louis... You will probably have Delmatonsis. There were so many starters. Zach Granke got traded in the middle of the game yesterday for a great prospect, nevertheless. He got traded to a team that didn't need him, but traded for him just so that they could say they got him. And listen, the Astros paid a price. Seth Beer is a one of the best prospects in baseball. But if you've Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole and Zach Greinke, and Lance McCullers, and who else? It doesn't matter. You could put out some random schmo from the crowd, and they'd be fine. Because they're the Astros. Greinke's good insurance for if they can't re-sign Cole. Sure, and they're gonna re-sign Cole. That's the thing. They're gonna re-sign Garrett Cole. <laughs> like, that's, that's probably the... That is immediately the best pitching rotation in baseball. I used to think it was, like, the... Cleveland Indians or the Washington Nationals? No. This is and I hate the, the fact that the Yankees like Garrett Cole walk. I hate that we drafted him and didn't offer him a contract. That is the most upsetting thing. Or, or we sent him a terrible contract. Oh, yeah. Don't you guys need like a legitimate uh, ace pitcher? We we have one. Luis Severino. And don't get me wrong. We have guys in the minors. We have, um, I think his name is Garcia. D.V. Garcia. Love him. He's a good prospect. Domingo Herman's a real guy. He could play well. And Mike King's a guy I think could come up. After that, and, and listen, I, I'm not, not to get too Yankees-centric here, but I love Clint Frazier. I'm a very pro-keep Clint Frazier guy. If you are so hell-bent on trading Clint Frazier, there was no better time to do it than right now. He's, at his, he's hitting well. 
get something for him or use the guy. I am so mad at Brian Cashman and company because they didn't. They sat on their hands. They made a minor league trade yesterday for a for a random pitcher for a random outfielder. I don't care. <laughs> Do something other than that. Um, would you like to give any comments about the Rays before we get too general here? Uh, the Rays traded Jake Faria for Jesus Aguilar. I missed that one. Oh, okay. Jake Faria, he used to be in the starting pitching rotation a couple of years ago. Right. He, he, he used to be a pretty decent prospect. I remember this, yep. But he was inconsistent. Like, he would have really good games, but his bad games were bad. I mean, you could blame that on the trash dating The only thing on. that sucks about losing Faria is that he was very active in the community. But getting getting uh, Aguilar. Aguilar for him is like, oh. I'd take that. Aguilar Anyone would take that. Aguilar was incredible with the Brewers. He wasn't their best player, but he was good. And it's like, we don't even need Faria because we're going to have McKay coming yeah. up next year. McKay and uh, yeah. Burn Honeywell. Yeah. I like the Rays. I think the Rays are going to be a real contender soon. They already are. I think the Rays are going to be the wild card team this year. The problem is that the Rays just have a lot of players injured right now. Like, we need Lowe to get back. Uh, at least Kiermaier came back. That's yeah. Nice. But uh, uh, yeah. Snell's out for a while. Snell is out. He might not be back to playoffs, which sucks for you guys. Oh. But you'll, you'll be all right. Oh, well. Well, that's that's why you hopefully, got a good team, hopefully though. McKay's like, going to be starting by then. Like, the, like consistently. The Rays? If we, don't, if we just stop sending him down to the minors all the time. The Rays have some good players. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm afraid of the Rays. Um, is there anything else you want to add on? Uh, I know uh, the Rays traded uh, the uh, we called him the opener, Ryan Stanek. Oh, Ryan Stanek, yep. And that hurts me a little bit. I, I forget who we got for him, though. It probably wasn't that good. I mean, your closers don't really scare me. Who do you have? Brad Boxberger? N- no, we have... Uh, Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I know we have that one kid, uh, who's gonna be get who's gonna be getting the closer role okay. for going forward. But I know the close that we have had, uh, terrible. Now, there were some other trades that happened around the MLB yesterday. The Tigers traded Nick Castellanos, which you alluded to earlier. That was a pretty significant trade. Um, the Phillies ended up picking up former Tampa Bay uh, Ray Corey Dickerson. From, oh, yeah, from the Pirates. Pirates. Yep. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a good. It's a good trade. You like to see that. He's a good player. Um, there, there was a couple big trades. Nothing humongous aside from Granky. Uh, the Braves got uh, Shane Green. That was a big pickup. Yeah, I that'll mean, they finally have a now. And he was playing really good in Detroit. Right, and I think he'll be good to set up for like Luke Jackson will become a setup man, and Shane Green will take over. That'll be good for the Braves. They're a team that's. Not 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 very far off from being good. Um, there's there weren't a lot of big names. Uh, Trevor Bauer. There was that whole Trevor that Bauer one. thing. Trevor Bauer for to the Padres. Puig gets traded to the Indians. Uh, you see a guy like Fran Mel Reyes going another way. That was a pretty big trade in and among itself. And it's pretty odd that there was a fight that night too between the Reds and the Pirates, yeah, which their suspensions were just handed up for. Suspended eight games yep. for that. Yep. Actually, there was a video the other day. Uh, somebody was showing Jesse Winker in the outfield on, on like during a break and play that Puig got traded. They walked like he walked up to the outfield wall and they're like, "Hey, Yazil Puig just got traded." He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it was pretty. It was a pretty funny video. 
have to take a gander at it. Trevor Bauer's a big one. Uh, I'm really glad the Yankees avoided him. I think he's a sub pitcher who would struggle at Yankee Stadium. Guy can't keep his emotions in check. Yeah, I love yeah, to see yeah. it, but yeah, Cleveland's trying to unload him because, like, in spite of his being really good, he also has he just uh, seems personality like the issue. No, he no yeah. he has like personality oh. issues. Yeah, he just seems like a guy that they just didn't want to deal with anymore. I mean, I follow on Twitter because it's just it's way too funny. You love to see a train wreck. He's just. Always. And it's like to be frank, they don't really need him anymore because Carrasco is coming back. Uh, we think Kluber's coming uh, back. Kluber's coming back. Uh, Salazar. Danny Salazar coming good. back. Like that's they, name we haven't heard in like a year and a half. They also have Clevenger. Clevenger's good. Mm-hmm. And isn't there another one too that's pretty good? Uh, they have a prospect coming up too. They have a couple guys. Um, they're good team, the Indians, and yeah. they have Lindor. Uh, again, like uh, before the Astros trade, I would have called the Indians rotation the best one in baseball. I don't know about that. I think the Mets. Because uh, oh. here's my thing. Noah Syndergaard is always a good pitcher. Jacob DeGrom is great. Marcus Stroman now, that's a big pickup. He's a ground ball hitter in a ground ball park. Oh, yeah, I forgot Stroman. Wheeler and Mott's are really good. I like that team. The Mets are good. Um, yeah, that's the only good thing about the Mets. Yeah, that's, Them, that's true. That and McNeil. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the, like... That's basically the big side of things. Like the, the trades that happened were meaningful. I don't know if they really impact the World Series odds too much. Like, sure, the Astros got better. Yeah, the Astros are already going to the World Series. I don't so. think they're going to win it. I don't. I'm not a big Astros believer. Everybody keeps forgetting Altuve is hurt. Um, Correa is not having a phenomenal season. Their pitching is good, yes. They have pitching. Absolutely. George Springer's good. They don't really have anything else. Like, they have big pieces. Which is all you need, but their depth is extremely lacking. I don't love their outfield. Everybody's talking about their outfield prospect that should be coming up. I don't know why they haven't called him up yet. I, I don't understand their catching situation. They don't they, they scare me because I know they're a good team. I look at a team like the Yankees with all their firepower. They scare me more than the Astros. The Red Sox scare me more than the Astros. There's teams in the NL, the Braves scare me more than the Astros. Because when it comes down to it, the Astros aren't always the clutchest team either. They've had a very lucky grace of having a, de- like a decently easy schedule. I, I know there's going to be some hate if I put that out there, but I'm just saying. The Astros, for all it's worth, are not the best team in baseball. The Dodgers right now are the best team in baseball. That's just a fact. And that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> Will they win a World Series this year? I guess we'll find out. I think the Dodgers are going to choke so. again. I don't think they've got I, what it takes. I, I want to see them win one already. I don't know what it takes. That's uh, just my opinion. But like we said, a very packed deadline. Um, I think that basically wraps it for today. We've been on air for, what, close to two hours? Uh, an hour and a half. Hour and a half. That's our, that's our longer show. Yeah. Um, just about up there. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. With, with, I'm sure there'll be some more news. Going into the offseason for hockey, it'll be more football-related, probably some more baseball, especially getting closer to the off, uh, the postseason. Um, but we will try to sprinkle some hockey when we can, you know. But once again, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. We might have a guest on. We'll see. And don't forget to take the poll. Uh, who do you think would win, Verlander or Nathan Peterman? I'll post that to all of our socials. If, if you don't pick the quarterback that's actually playing in the NFL, then I don't know what to tell you. All right, and on that note, uh, I'm Team Verlander. We'll see you next week. All right, take care.